what's going on? <laughs> I really well, I'm really like Generally, good morning. We just hone in on the same note. Yeah. Let's try again. It's also because it's like ten. Or something, you know, it's early for on a Sunday for it me. Is. So it's I feel a Sunday, pretty. Early morning. I feel pretty like. And we're we're not at church today. We're skipping. We're skipping church for we're, this. We're, this is our church. Let's this try is our the song church. Again. I'm gonna give us a note. Okay, give us a note, and I'll try and. What? What? Oh, I had to go up. Here okay. We go. What? What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? was excellent once we figured it out. Well, yeah, we just yeah. had to, I just had you to give me the note. It's a real, like, wow. I'm on, I'm only on my third mug of coffee. Remember that part in, um, I can't remember names of your pieces. The sure. one, the one with Tony and Liz. Death is certain. Death is certain. Yeah. When, when Liz would sing that line. Yeah, yeah. She would go, she would talk about their all the time. time. And then John McGrew would, would play, play that chord and it would be like in the thunderous. correct key. Yes. And I'd always be like, how is this happening? It was utterly accidental oh. because no. I, would, I would ask Liz, like, Liz, do you know like the note you're about to sing? She's like, no. Yeah. But it's like a feeling because she's a dancer. She's, so she it's would, Meredith Monk, honey. Well, feel the sound in there. <laughs> but she worked with dancers, and I do sure. feel she's been embraced by the contemporary dance scene. But I feel like if you're a musician and you were asked, like, come Sing in on enough. that note, uh-huh. you would get so psyched out, like, knowing too much, but Liz just went by feeling. So Dina Emerson, who danced, or, I'm sorry, sang with P- uh, Pina Bash. I'm so tired. I've only had three mugs of coffee. Um, Dina Emerson. But I want to circle back to perfect pitches to, as soon as you're done with Okay, Dina well, Emerson. this is going to be a perfect pitch story. Mm-hmm. Dina Emerson uh, performed with Meredith Monk for years, and then she left to be the soprano in the Osho at, um, in Cirque du Soleil in Cirque Las Vegas. Cirque du Soleil. I love her, and we did uh, an, an opera together when I was 20. 20. Uh, a, like a downtown opera, an opera at the yep, an opera. You by, sang. I yes, I can sing, sing some of your lines from that opera. I really can't remember any of them. It was like <laughs> you know, it was made like that year. It was like an opera in two thousand, and I had to come in at one point with no music oh on an F sharp, and I was like, oh, and Dina showed me how to feel it in my body. She was like, let's go through the notes. And then she's like, do you feel that resonating right there? And I was like, I do. And I did it every time. Wow. So shout out to Dina Emerson. I love her so much. She's like... Thank you, Dina. Thank you, Dina. And it's true. Like, if you hit the note and you can feel it inside of your body... I I think I would Yes, you can read. That's ridiculous. You can absolutely feel it in you. When I was in music school for 100 million years, (laughs) I always had, like... I had good intonation. If I was getting too involved with um, the sound or volume, sometimes mm. I would push it a little mm. flat or a little sharp. I remember being in like grade six and I would push things flat. And then as time went on, I'd push things sharp. And I don't know I why. I remember like sharp. being on a tour in like upstate New York and the conductor giving me like the stink eye during the <laughs> show. Cause I was like really feeling it. And he looked at me and he just like gave me like a very tiny thumbs up which meant like raise the pitch you dumb dumb wow and i was like (laughs) yeah Uh Uh, (laughs) but there was a boy at school named nick hay who had perfect pitch in this like did you ever say hey nick no oh he was like very reserved i think he might have even been a day student well (laughs) 
which means that like we saw less of yeah, yeah. the like five day students yeah. or whatever. But he um, he had uncanny sort of perfect pitch. So uh-huh. like at any moment in any place, car horn sounding, you could be like singing a flat. He'd be like bleh. So <laughs> it just was like so. It was just like in him. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't something he worked on. And then the other day, mm. I was on Facebook. Mm. <laughs> hey, Nick. Did you see him? Well, I see sometimes he posts things. And Nick right. Hay goes, like, shout out to my little sister on her birthday. Guess who his little sister is? I don't know. Hey. Sarah Hay from Flesh and Bone. Oh, wow. What? was so gagged. I was like, oh, oh weird. That's so amazing. I know. Isn't it bizarre? It's so bizarre. You know, I never finished watching that show. I sure did. You did. You like, I, I feel know. like you did it in one sitting. Oh, yeah, I did. I just was home one Christmas or Thanksgiving uh-huh. and I was like, ooh, this show. I was like, I'm going to do the whole thing. And I tortured my family because nobody would watch they it. They were like, I can't. But I was like, I just got to get through it. I remember Jane being like, are you still watching that thing? Oh, Aunt Jane. Like, Aunt Jane, you're Hollywood. But I got through the whole show. And then I, when I got back to the city, I had dinner with Russell one night. And I was like, did you watch Flesh and Bone? And uh-huh. he was like, no. And I was like, I'm going to tell you the whole thing. Oh, I, I wish I would have been there for that. <laughs> My favorite thing is when you tell me a movie, a TV show... <laughs> And I really never have to see it because what, like, I remember when you told me all of Gravity, we went through this on our first podcast, but it's been a long when time. it's, that it has, it was like a year ago when we started this podcast, I feel like. <laughs> and, um, I remember you telling me the whole thing of Gravity and, and you being like, and then she couldn't pull him in the shit because she's stupid. And I was just like, that is it. Like, I don't need to see. And when I saw the movie, I could only see it in the way you told me because what you said was true. Yeah. Oh, it's really so good. I wish you would have told movie. me the entirety of Flesh and Bone over a dinner. Anytime you're going to repeat a movie, tell me where you are and I'll take it. Do you want out. me to do one right now quickly? Sure. What'd okay. you see? Last night I saw Victoria and Abdul. Uh, well, I'm never going to see that. So. Judy Dench? I I don't care. Dame Judy Dench playing yet another <laughs> British queen. It's fine. I'll ask Philip Taratula <laughs> to repeat it for me. It's, it's better when so, he does it. The movie is about Queen Victoria right towards the end of her life. It's mm. based on a true story. Mm. And the beginning of the movie, we open with Judy Dench, mm. but never showing her face for a like, 10 minute montage of mm. people. Just it's like her back, like you see the crown. Yeah, the, like, well, you the see thing. her in bed. You just see her gray hair. Right, you right, see right. the beautiful uh-huh. sheets. Right. You see many servants yanking her out of bed because yeah. she's morbidly obese. She's uh-huh. wearing an amazing fat suit for the whole movie, but no that? fat prosthetics on her, on her face neck. or her neck. So right. her chin looks like that of a thin lady. Right, right. And right. yet she's heaving around this enormous fat suit <laughs> with Victorian gowns and bustles over it. And then, cut to. <laughs> We're in India, and there's this gorgeous Indian man who's, um, he keeps a ledger for the prisoners or something, and suddenly some, like, British generals come up Uh to him, and they're like, we need you to come to to England with us to Uh present the mohal to the, to the, to the queen, which is some coin. Okay. And he's like, oh, okay. Mm. So they put him on a boat with this other man who's much shorter than him, and that's, like, this big issue. They wanted tall men, but they accidentally ended up with a short man because there was an accident with an elephant. So, they get on a boat, they go to England, the whole boat, all the boat sequences are CGI'd, but it's okay, it's BBC and you trust them implicitly, because the costumes are everything. BBC on the big screen. Yes, BBC big screen, so like all, it's all beautiful covered buttons and Uh fabrics and you can Mm -hmm. see like the fibers, it's wonderful. So we, the the way all the suits fit is Uh like, ugh! So we get to... 
England and they're being coached on how they're going to present this coin to Queen uh-huh. Victoria at this dinner. Uh-huh. Everyone's, this little boy's running around saying, bring the soup, bring the soup, the soup. <laughs> and so everything has to be ready for Queen Victoria because you're going to love this. She wants to get through like state dinners quickly. So yeah. she sits down, they bring her the soup. And I'm taking my shirt off because I'm sweating so hard She starts eating story. it immediately with this huge beautiful spoon <laughs> and she scarfs it down. And this, there's this rule that as soon as Queen Victoria is finished with her plate, everybody's plate gets removed. Uh-huh. So everybody's just beginning their soup and then this, all the butlers or whatever come and take away yeah. all the bowls. I love that. I wish that's how dinners always were So for there's me. this incredible <laughs> montage of her eating really, really fast with her crazy Judy Dench teeth. And then and she's miserable. She just wants to get this over with. And then they remove all the plates. Nobody has even, like, touched their food. Her teeth look like, um, you know those plants that grow in the water that are hollow? You know the ones that, like, they're in segments? Like, one, two, three, four. They're, like, called um, cat's tails? No, no, no. They're, like, reed tubers or something. So, anyways, that's exactly what her teeth look like, which is short. Really short. <laughs> so, then, Jack... The, the Indian guys come to present her with this coin and she, they tell them, don't make eye contact with her. Uh-huh. But as he walks away, he makes eye contact with, uh-huh. with her and she, him. And uh-huh. she, at a later meeting that day, she was like, they were like, how did you like the presentation of the Mohul? And she was like, I found that man incredibly handsome. Oh. Uh-huh. So they bring him back. Uh-huh. And then subsequently she wants him there all the time. Sure. And she essentially... Yeah, Wants everyone else out of the room at all times except him. And he starts giving her lessons in Urdu. Mm. And she wants to learn to write it. Mm. And she's essentially in love with him. Right, right, right. And he is very spiritual and becomes her teacher. And it's all... And it gives her new life. And he he tells her about mangoes and the Taj Mahal. And at a certain point, he tells her something about a a rebellion. But the information's incorrect. And at any rate... (laughs) <laughs> so at that point they're like you have to get rid of him but she's like I'm not getting rid of him and then she keeps him his family's brought over he has uh, this beautiful fat wife and uh, her mother comes but oh my god you'll live so they the <laughs> wife and the mother they're uh, not just like facially covered they're literally like black ghosts what do you mean they're not just like they don't just have their like mouth and nose covered in their uh, forehead uh-huh. They literally just like threw black blankets over these women. And there's like a bit of black sheer fabric over the eyes, but you can see nothing. I'm getting there. I'm getting there any day now. That's going to be my look. I'm like, come come mid-November. Because it's just black Pac-Man. Amazing. So they're all living there. So, okay. Then Queen Victoria Uh. is, she's going to die now. So it's like her hideous son, Bertie's there, who's about to become king, played by Eddie Izzard, who's amazing. Oh, love Eddie Izzard. What an actor. Love that queen. Oh, she's so fierce. I did. I've seen her in stuff before. Whenever she pops up in like one of those, like, it's rare because, you know, she's a a comic who then also has this film career sometimes as acting. And you're like, is that that queen? It's always like, who is that? It's always like, is that that queen and who like you know was do, would you stand up in like heels and yeah. like a beard but a touch of lipstick Is like gender queer be. i don't know i, I mean don't know either. remember it's like annie lennox did that gender yeah. queer thing too it's yeah. like they just get it david bowie you know yeah. they just get it you really do anyways they get it. he's Anyhow, great Eddie in the movie as the love. hideous son yeah yeah so as soon as she dies mm. And at this point, the the beautiful Indian man has gone from wearing like ridiculous costumes, wearing the most beautiful like beaded uniform jackets and uh, things. It's incredible. Heaven. He's sobbing after her death, and then they go into their home 
and they Aye. take every remnant yeah. of any trace of connection to the queen. Yeah. All the because she wrote him notes every day, and right. they burn it all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And then they put them on a boat and send them back to India. Yeah. And then he lived, I think, for only nine more years till he was like 46. But he started with her when he was 24. And he stayed there 15 years. How did he die? Does it go over there in the That's film? a good question. No, so he no, dies no. at 46. It doesn't like have those credits that were up at the end. They and being do, like, but and they, he... they don't actually even tell you like how old he is when he died. <clears throat> I had to do a Wikipedia because it's a true story. Yeah. Anyways, that's the movie. And that was it. Did you cry when you saw, like, you know, the white people erasure of, like... Oh, that was hard. Yeah. That was rough. But also just, like, seeing Judi Dench, like, revive in this way. Because the beginning of the movie, they have her in, like, full kabuki white makeup Mm -hmm. and, like, eye bags. And then suddenly, like, her face gets a little more lifted Mm -hmm. and she has a little more color and... Spirituality. uh, You would love this about Mm -hmm. the movie. She's very... Um, enraptured by any kind of artistic expression regardless of sort of how terrible it is so at one point they're in Scotland and she's like we'll be eating here and they're like in this windy highland Uh and it's freezing and everybody's shivering and she's enjoying she loves food she's enjoying a meal like in the Uh freezing Uh talking to her munchie which is what she calls the the Indian man that means teacher Uh her munchie and then um She's having a, there's a presentation of some like mm, Scottish dancing with bagpipes uh-huh. in the evening and everybody's miserable, like listening to the music uh-huh. and she's just like, more, more. Oh, I love that. And then there's a scene where they're listening to Puccini sing an oh. aria from his latest opera. Oh, who plays Puccini? Metal. Don't know. Can't sing. It's amazing. Oh, but wow. But that's the joke of it. Like he's singing terribly from uh-huh. his own opera and then explaining the story to her and she's like, how wonderful. Oh, wow. And like every time he gets to like a happy part of the story, she's like, I love it. And then it gets to a sad part. She's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, and then she dies in the end. She's like, well, we'll see about that. And then, <laughs> and then she, they're like, why she's don't you, you sing us a song? You uh-huh. sing us a uh-huh. song. And she's like, I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, I can. Uh-huh. So she gets up don't and make she me starts, sing. starts don't singing make me like sing. some Gilbert and Sullivan or something. Oh, I love. And, um, then she can't remember the words at one uh-huh. point, so she's like, uh, la di da di da di da And then somebody, one of her, like, house, just starts clapping really hard to end the song. Uh-huh. And everyone just starts clapping, and she's like, thank you, thank you, yes, I am amazing. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. I like you that really part. Like that. I like that part. I want a montage of just those parts. I'm so glad you told me that movie, because I don't want to see it. I, yeah. I got sent, you know, uh, I'm part of the Screen Actors Guild, SAG. Mm. and um, AFTRA and so they send me things like there's screenings where you can go to this or that like I got invited to go to the thing the opening night of Mother you know like a bunch of people went to that Um, Jen Harris said that she first she texted and she was like do you want to go see Swan Lake together Mm -hmm. and I was like I do but I don't think we're going to get there and then she was like I want to see Mother and I'm like we'll go see that like and she was like and she wants to see it with us That'd be fun. She wants to see it with we us. We should go like at an odd time, like in a morning, oh, so yeah. nobody's there. Well, we so should we go where we can go for those five dollar tickets yeah, at yeah, yeah, AMC yeah, yeah. that That'd we got, great. and then Tuesdays. we can talk all the way through it. What? Is that over now? That doesn't end till October, Jeremy. Oh, I don't, don't know. shake your head at me. It is October in like five days. It is. Wow. Oh God. I have bills. And things have happened. I saw things Swan Lake. Ah, uh, you did. You we, saw it with Tess we, and Russell. Tess and Russell. I they did a beautiful job. I wish I could have... What was I seeing that night? I don't know. You saw it. I was seeing Pina Bausch. 
Oh, we yeah, both saw right. Pina Bausch. I saw twice. Oh, that's so wild to I me. really loved it both times. Uh-huh. I I was quite close and I could see, you know, the flyaway hairs and the dirt. And it, ugh, I love I it. Really, I said this to Michelle yesterday and we can talk about it some when she gets here too. It's, I feel that those works are, for me, it's for an audience of 300. Like they're, they're I, theater I pieces. Right. They're theater pieces. She makes these theater events that utilize dance. And in that way, a kind of stadium seating for the intimacy and like, it's clear that she is working with them on like, or worked with them on like these qualities Mm -hmm. and emotive experiences that is, yes, there's formations and patterns and things like that, but it's like, it's not, it's not like Agon or something you can watch. Well, it's probably why that Vin Vendor's movie worked so well, the Pina movie, because you really got to like be inside the piece with them. That's how they work. Cafe Mueller is a theater piece. Yeah. And, and, and I would say the same for Rite of Spring. Um, and I... Like, I, I need actually a proximity with that last dancer mm. to be... I, I want to see the veins pumping in her neck as right. she's, like, working her way through. Because I guess having a lot of distance from her is just like watching someone, like, dance, dance less because they get so tired. But when right. you're close, you can see that it's just, like, requires more and more effort. And and there there's, there's also a quality of acting, of becoming in these things. There being these characters, right. and which is a, a form of inhabiting. That I think it just, it really, in the stadium seating of BAM, didn't work. We're in the, in like the Stam. balcony. That's what it's like. At BAM, stadium when you're like in that, seating. and when you're in stadium seating. Like you go to see Madonna concert oh, like at Madison, Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. Square Garden. Yeah, it's the, an audience. You're of, comparing BAM to Madison Square It's what it's like when you're up in those. You're I like, see. okay, well, I guess well, BAM that's in particular, like, gives me vertigo. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, I'm a way up well, here. Not, I'm short, and that my knees bump the seat in front of me in a balcony. It's oh, like, it's I'm not honey. Nice. It's like, terrible. what the hell? For like, me, it's really, like, crippling. <laughs> it's good for, like, a giant stage picture, like a Bob Wilson or, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. something like yeah. that. Or, when you know, like, when they bring in, like, acrobats. Like what did when I Bam see that was good at like Bam? That. It's a hard one, isn't it? What did I see that was good at Bam? Isn't that hard? The best thing okay. I've ever seen at Bam was when um, Evo Van Hope did opening night in the Harvey. <gasps> it was incredible. Oh, the Anna Teresa de Kiersmacher sunrise piece for where me. they're singing and dancing, and the dancers well, sing and the singers yes. dance. Yes, I, right. that was really moving for me. Yeah. But again, I was sitting quite <clears throat> close. Mark Morris, love every time. Sure, Bye, anytime, girl. anytime, and every time. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's uh. Oh, it's tricky. It's I a wish little, you had seen little mosquito his opera show with Curly River, the Britain piece, and and um, and the other one, his famous one. Mm, I don't know. Nah. Mm, you know, Dido. Uh-huh. Oh, Dido and Aeneas. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish I would have seen that. Anyways. Oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. We were talking about that. We were talking uh-huh. about Pina. Shows we saw. And then we saw... The Bobby Jean movie. We went to the premiere of the Bobby because Jean movie. Because we had just interviewed her. We went to the <laughs> premiere her, like, at the Quad Cinema. was like sitting in someone's screening room. Absolutely. The Quad's these... hard. I'm glad they redid it, I've got to say. It was just Juilliard reunion. It was Irene super Dowd was Ju- there. Irene Dowd was there. Spencer was there. Lisa was there. Um, Charlotte was there. Charlotte. Aaron. From Botsheva. Brett Easterling. Oh, not Aaron. I meant Brett. Yeah. Aaron wasn't there. <laughs> Aaron right? Cars from LA Dance Project. That's correct. I Julia not was there. <gasps> Julia Eichten. Oh, I love. Anyways, the movie at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, this is a documentary. I feel really uncomfortable because I could imagine Bobby being 
filmed and I just thought, oh my God, being filmed, it's so hard to not be affected. But as time went on in the movie and you could tell like her comfort level with the documentarian got more Mm. and more and Mm. it became really natural she started doing things that i just couldn't believe like the way she stared into store windows all the time like every time she'd pass any kind of store window she'd sort of look in like (laughs) like i wish i could have those things or like what are these things and also these parts where um the part at the dinner with Orr where she's sitting there and he's talking to her about like maybe there are different places in their life and she's like frozen she's well, like she's having like 15 million thoughts and like <gasps> just staring down been there oh deeply God, relatable so incredible and then the yeah. waiter coming by me like can i give you more wine and just having her be like no thank you and then just moving on yeah right yeah. back that was i told her that was really like i think my favorite part because it's so like it's her internal landscape is well, so clear so to get her in those moments to be able to film her having those moments is anything really with her mother wonderful. was on her, her mother i wish her mother would have been there because maybe she was i just didn't see her at the i, I would love to oh hug God. her her ability to a of all where her mother's come from which is very clear mm-hmm. and then her openness inside of yeah. that broke my heart like broke her mother's take of i think christianity something certainly mm-hmm. with um god in this country um and how it expanded into her appreciation mm-hmm. of um, Bobby being naked, Bobby masturbating on a sandbag, Bobby and like to doing be involved, and her to buy be, the sandbag. Absolutely, it was so. I know. It was I, wonderful. So touching. It really, and watching really, her like cry at the performance at yes. CPR with David Harvey, and it was so nice. That was at CPR. Yeah. That, I was like, why is this so familiar? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, because it was CPR. Um, her, and then her mother saying what it was, like her experience, like, and what her mother said it was is what it was, like. Her, her mother is also just like a movie star. She's so natural on camera. Her she mother, like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Wah. her mother's amazing. You know who incredible. else's mother is amazing? Brianna's mother. <laughs> like, I love Brianna's mother so much. Have She's we met just, Michelle's mother? Are all three of the Juilliard mothers going to be I great? need to meet Michelle's mother because <laughs> I basically feel like I am Michelle's mother. I mean, it's like, I've, I've, Michelle and I are in this role now where it's like, deep deep friends and I also am like your mom to her. I feel like or maybe her she's mom a parent to you. her way she's like my sister uh-huh. in this way she has given me she's advice she's your guru Michelle yeah <laughs> well Michelle says things that that are not dissimilar from things that you'll sometimes say mm-hmm. which is it's just like can you stop thinking and it's just this she's your but, munchie but Michelle is so so intensely like complex layered expanding at an like all the places mm-hmm. all at once. She really, I'd love her so much. I'm so glad she's coming on in a moment. I can't wait. Oh, it's just beyond. I laughed so hard with her yesterday, and it's her it was her birthday yesterday. Oh wow! I am so happy I got to like hold her and like kiss her and be like, I can't wait to make the next thing with you. I'm can gonna, I can I'm I say two more thing things about the movie? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, back to the movie. Yeah. One question I have is about Israeli men and how so many of them seem to have these voices voices that exist in a register that is like way underneath what other human beings have and because hmm. now like hearing Ohad and hearing some other men in the movie and Zvi Gothiner who's a teacher here in New York uh. like the register in which they speak is so unbelievably base huh. 
I, I don't know if it's cultural or how, or if it's genetic. Like, what I is don't, that? I don't know. But I mean, it, it could be about a sort of, I have no idea because I, I don't know any, I, I, I might, besides from my adopted Jewish family. Well, please email us I, with information. I, I feel like, I mean, I think there's something I would say more about a, a we could talk about like Mediterranean uh-huh. and a sense of masculinity and a sense of machismo. Is it so, the way that Hebrew is spoken or something that it like pushes your voice the kind way, of way down? The like yum, thing. Yum, 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 I, yum. I, I, That's that. how Jewish cats talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm so dead. I <laughs> like destroyed my life. Like I, I, um, I don't know about that. I think, I do think there's something in the, I'm going to go back to the machismo of the, of okay, the culture perhaps. And a thing of like, a thing of grounding down, a thing of like, this is the earth and this is where I like come from. Can you imagine that Bobby got to have, or I don't know got to, but had sex with Ohad? I think maybe it was amazing. Out. We're going to definitely oh. cut that Why? out. Because she movie. said that. Well, but didn't she say that she wouldn't talk about it? No, she said they were lovers. We're not talking right. about details. We we know no details about it. But I'm just a mad I projecting. Do. Well, I don't. Okay, you're projecting details about their. I don't know about their sex. I wouldn't. Well, actually, I would ask someone about their sex life, but I didn't. No, ask but her I'm about just it. asking the question. Like, would that be wonderful or scary? Um. Well, you know what it's like when you have. I mean, do have you? I I feel like I can speak to what it's like to have sex with dancers who are really into like a kind of as she was talking about like the pleasure pain principle mm-hmm. and like uh I'm just gonna hurl myself through boss you know and you're like <laughs> and it's you know it's um we could say it's dramatic and but other people would say that's really like the spice of life I've been right. there I've been like I went through my Madonna erotica phase you know like when things are when you need to really like peek things into like something that feels like ultra vivid mm-hmm. it's like that i'm sure i'm sure it's like a very like we're just like the waves now and now we're a storm you know <laughs> and you're like it's what's hard is like you you get older and you have to keep working and you need yeah. to do things and you have friends who like oh god i went to brian jensen's memorial oh you did party yesterday it was so beautiful so so touching and so moving. He, his best friend from Homeroom spoke. Home like, Homeroom is what, oh, because you went to a, a private school. So, I've heard of it. In, in normal movies. schools, you have a homeroom and that's where you start your day. Right, right, like, right. And he would, this girl, he sat in front of her in Homeroom, I think starting as early as like middle school uh-huh. and maybe even grade school. And she told the story about, um, Pause. Brian Jensen's a, a friend of ours who was the most like charming and gregarious so and charming. funny man yeah. who, who six foot six. He was enormous and he was very loved and he yeah. died a little over a year ago from cancer. Anyways, yeah. go on. But anyhow, so she she told she gave the most hilarious and moving eulogy I've ever heard. Mm. She was like so she was talking about his her last day with him, mm-hmm. or one of her last days with him, and that she was like, you know, when he, um, I was over, and he was like, oh, let's just get into bed, and I thought, oh, it's finally happening, where I'm finally gonna get to have sex with Brian, but um, no, <laughs> no uh, didn't it didn't end up happening uh, for me that way, um, and then she told these things about how he like 
he orchestrated what he wanted this party to be. He gave her a list of everything, how he wanted it to look. She was like, so how do you want, what do you want? Do you want a party or whatever? And he's like, you know, I don't care. You just, it's all right. You just do what you want. She's like, you know, you control everything. So what do you want? And pretty soon he was like, I want the colors of the lights to look like this. I want there to be this kind of food and that. And then she said, and I started getting really excited. Like, oh, okay, well, um, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. And he oh, goes, God. you need to get out your notebook and write down, this is not Rose Lisa's party. Who's Rose Lisa? That's, oh, that's her name. It's mine. I think that was her name. I can't remember. This is not This is not your party. This wow. is mine. It was so and um and she was like, you know, and I like to think that, you know, he's still with me and, and I'll I, I I feel like he'll hear my voice first to grant wishes since I knew him the longest. So what I said was I wanted a new job, a better apartment, and a boyfriend. Well I have a new job. Um my apartment's okay. I, I don't have a boyfriend, so I'm, I'm putting it out there that I'm single. <laughs> it was really... But she also was, like, crying through the whole thing. But my point being, like, you know, you people... And this is sort of a thing that I... When, after my mother died, it was so hard to watch work. Mm-hmm. Because it was like I watched my mother die. Mm-hmm. And in that experience, it was so... Like, where I already needed work to be cathartic and, like, to have a thing really about life for me and to show me something or reflect or mine the darkness Mm -hmm. as well as like a sense of humor in that it is such a privilege to get to make work and and to perform and to have a sense of your context and um so that's changed like everything including I I think it's like and your response a long-winded way to get to like the question about sex you know, like, can I, you imagine you wanting to have sex with someone who was really like, we're in the waves and now we're in the mountains and like, hit me. Oh, I'd have to be in some kind of mood, you yeah. know, or like really tired or something. Really tired. I feel if you were really tired, you'd be like, no, it would be more like if you're maybe like in a different city. That's why I was thinking jet lag, that kind of like oh, okay. uh, disoriented. Oh, okay. You would yeah. need to be jet lagged in order to go to that kind <clears> of zone. <throat> Something. Yeah. I get that zone and I'm more than willing to go there. It's just, it's, it's, it's just as specific to me as like any other thing. Right. And I think the specificity is something that I'm, I don't think life's like that. It's so, mm. it just keeps moving around. Um, is it time for a break? Uh, on that note, boiling hot. It's time for a break. We're gonna turn on the AC, and when we come back, we're gonna have Michelle. Yeah, it's so your birthday weekend. You. Thanks fun. for those books. Yeah. Did you start the one I gave you? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, Elena Ferrante. Elena Ferrante. I'm, Elena Ferrante. I'm ready for it. The first one? It's no. I gave her a smaller book, which is I think my favorite out of all of them, called The Lost Daughter. Lost daughter. That's you, Michelle. It is. You are the lost daughter. It is. She's my she little lost daughter. She went to the north and never she, came back. She really is. <laughs> she's like, I literally, she lives on Peaks Island. So we are imagine? in um, part three of our three-part Juilliard <laughs> Festival of Young Women. It's called um, Juilliard Women of a Certain Era. Juilliard Women of a Certain Area. It's uh-huh. an era. Era. But area. Sure. Era. 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 Exploring the Juilliard Dance Department through the feminine mystique. Oh, yes, honey, yes. We need to put that on, like, the description of the podcast. The um, inscription. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Anyways, Michelle Mole is here. We've met the the mothers of our other Juilliard women guests, but we've never met yours. We don't. Your think. mom didn't come. Has she come to see any of the shows? Yeah. What? Which one did she see? Rumble Ghost, maybe. <laughs> and does she? I didn't meet her after. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, uh... I don't think I matter. I think I had a phase with my family where they were not going to come to New York, and uh-huh. it overlapped with our work. Yeah, because like, I was so... I was, I'm, I'm, I grew up so close to the city that yeah. my mom really helped me, like, get here, um, and so did the rest of my family, like all of my uncles and a lot of my cousins, my grandfather are all like train engineers on the Metro North. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> what did you think I would like, say? metaphorical help me get here. Not like literally like no. drove me on the train. Well no, my mom would like drive me to auditions and stuff but she would also like bring me to the train station and I would like find a family member and then... Just or would it Come into the city. Member on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Come into the city and take a dance class <laughs> or like go, you know, wander around the the Upper West Side, the the bookstore mm-hmm. or um or, yeah. You did all the competition dances and you won all the awards as big as you. Did you cross over I, James Whiteside? I feel we've talked about this. I know all of, like, I know their names. Yeah. I was, like, the Arya Stark of dance competitions, uh, where I would, like, take their names. The Arya, Arya Stark Star? is from Game of Thrones. <laughs> She's this girl who is sort of the Michelle Mola part. In my mind, I heard R-E-S Stark, like an author's name, but now Arya. Arya Stark. Arya. She's this girl who can, like, now her gift is that she can, like, put on anyone's face who she's killed. When yeah. she kills you, she can wear your face and but, then go. But her dad like, was killed, and so she takes the names of, like, the people who are responsible for killing them, and she repeats them as she falls asleep. She just goes through the list of names. Yeah, she's like another role I would be. Like, how does it manifest that her face changes? Is it just sort of like... A latex thing she pulls out of a bag. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Yeah, she literally like puts their face on? Or like pulls it off. Like a mask. Uh-huh. But you don't really know how she's made it. It's just once they're dead, she gets it. Oh, that's that's much more fun than just, like, magic wand presto change. Oh, it's not magic. Like, her sister finds, like, a basically, like, a briefcase. <laughs> you saw that. Yeah. Yes. She a basically finds, like, a satchel. Faces. And she's like, what's in here? And oh. she, like, opens it up. And she, like, pulls out this face of, like, one of the people she's killed. And she's like, what's, what is this? And Arya's like... One of my faces. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like, I love a kind of. So I love just like when Game talks. of Thrones does. Yes, in this way. Like, no explanations. It's I, like cabinets of heads. Ruby I love. Keys. Love that. Anything like that, I really I've love. I always just wanted Ruby Keys since that movie. I What's know. Ruby Keys? Well, Did you see Return to Oz? Remember, it's like one of my favorite movies yeah. ever. She gets. Well, and then I saw your play where, where you, I use then, it. Yeah. And then she, John had it in the movie, called? which means like, it was in my house. All the time. Never figured out. On repeat. Yeah. Yeah. A documentary about me. There's my documentary. Who's Ruby Keys? Ruby. Who's Ruby Keys? Ruby Keys is like a very niche drag name. Exactly. For like a cabaret performer. A cabaret performer who who It's it's a little more Bushwick, I would say. I don't think it would quite make it into Manhattan. It's um if she. In the, where the witch is who has all the heads of the different women she wants to put on and 
in uh, Return to Oz. Oz. She has a ruby key that unlocks all of the cabinets so she can put on their heads. Why does she want to put on heads? The witch? Because her main head's kind of gross. So she has all the most beautiful heads in the land and she could just pop them on. Put them on. That's the adult character. She's the witch. Okay, sure. But yeah, Amazing. she's the witch. Yeah, the adult character. She doesn't like Dorothy, correct? Well, she just well, wants I her just head eventually. Well, I remember the little girl. Is she played by the That's same lady who about. plays the, the nurse? Lady that, yeah. And the doctor the also yeah. plays the psychiatrist. Like you. Yeah, who goes, so. Oh, so. With a flashlight. <laughs> and the girls are trying to get out of there. And then the doctor <laughs> also plays the gnome king. I mean, Return to Oz is like... My first favorite film. Can like, I, as a child, it was really, like, it's what I watch when I get sick. Can I recount a memory that'll bring us back to a, to how we met, Michelle? Mm, please. One day, Jack and I went to Bushwick, or somewhere, for a party. <gasps> at this house, <sighs> this whole house where a group of people lived, including mm. you and Logan. Yeah. And I don't know why we were there, why we invited. I think it had to do with my relationship with Logan at the time. Definitely true. Logan brought us together. Because I was dancing with Logan. Logan Kruger, who dances now for the Limon Company. Who's yes. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Amazing. Amazing hair. The she, greatest. Yeah. And she, Logan and I, just quick story, were, a duet was made on us by Catherine Miller that we performed somewhere and at, at the Cunningham Studios. Which is now the Cunningham. Prior to that. Or was we, the Cunningham, now Graham. Right. And we we made it in that barn you guys had, which was like a dance Oh, you studio. did? You worked yeah, in there? Yeah, in the snow. It was like frozen cold. I'm but sure. We just like put on a space heater and I like I can't believe you worked in there. And, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. So then w- months later, we had to show it to these people who were making the show at the studios. And Logan and I had not had any rehearsal for a couple months, but it was assumed that we would have reviewed it and noted it. Node. So we... That we would have noted. We would have noted. it. So we got to LaGuardia. <laughs> always we a word we made up on these, on these podcasts. And Logan and I arrived maybe 15 minutes early, and I was like, I had been carrying my, my laptop that day to review the mm-hmm. steps, and I go to, up to Logan, and I'm like, Logan, I'm, I'm a little unclear. And she's like, I don't know it at all. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. So we go into the other room in our socks. It's a wood floor. And we start the piece. And we are incorrect. Like, we're getting to musical places a good 20 seconds too soon. Because we're just missing sequences of choreography. And we're laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally we get to the end of this piece. It's a debacle. Yeah. And... And Catherine Miller then has to ask questions that are being asked by these presenters about the piece. I saw it, by the way. I did. I was there. And so they're like, so interesting. It's about this like kind of abstract Romeo and Juliet thing, but why was there laughing or like smiling? (laughs) And she was like, well, that, you know, might not be on purpose. Wow. (laughs) And we were like, sorry. Yeah. I remember seeing it and all I remember was I was like, their hair looks really good. Because oh, yeah, you and Logan's you hair together, together looked again. really good. Yeah, we had You're fun like together. Children we of the corn. But anyways, we get to this party. Oh yeah, so Reed and, and I go to this party in Bushwick. And there where you are. You're sort of sitting there, looking like tiny and dour. And I don't know if you were like <laughs> smoking cigarettes at the time or something. Probably. And I was like, oh, this girl is maybe like very, very dark or like. I don't know if I see the connection. I don't know if I have feel a connection to her. But by the end of this party, I remember thinking She's like, blunt. oh, this is going to, this might be something. And I mm-hmm. felt like you and Jack at that point, like had struck up a rapport or something. What I remember from that party was going in and being like, wow, people here are smoking a lot of pot 
And I was also like, Rourke Menzies is so beautiful. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, that's Logan's boyfriend. And I was like, sad. <laughs> and then I met Michelle and I was like, Enigma. I like her. <laughs> and then we got on the street and some girl was like talking and I was like, I feel like I'm in a girl's episode. I've got to go home. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've never watched that show. Because I lived it. Yes. I was <laughs> like, what? Oh. But you didn't because that. you went to Juilliard where things became like immediately kind of far more dramatic than anything that I ever saw on Girls. And here we go now. Michelle Mola escaped from... The, you know, the jowls of Connecticut mm. competition dance to Juilliard. Did you get into Juilliard when you first auditioned? You auditioned once and got in? No. So I went from um, competition dances to kind of burning, like burning out um, naturally. Like my, my mm. it, it was like, <laughs> I want to, I, I you were did feel like burning out velvet or something like wow. that. Some kind of craft, wow. but burning out. I got it. Wow. Well, I wanted to not, I, I did not want to be in school. I wanted to, what happened? I did audition for Juilliard. Oh, I know what happened. So I received, I had submitted some choreography to like a, the national foundation for the advancement of the arts scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I was accepted to that and attended like this week in Miami. Arts. Arts, where yeah. Drew Jacoby was yeah. in my group. Yeah. Did you get a level one? I think so. But it happened. But- so there I met um, the high school principal of the performing arts school in Texas that Michael Hart attended. Mm-hmm. And she. In Dallas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, What are you doing? Why aren't you continuing to study dance at this age? And so she was like, Well, I want you to audition for Juilliard, and I think I can get you an audition. And she, like, helped me. She kind of said, wow. Like, here's the. Uh, I'll make sure your application is sent in because it was late. Quite. And then, um, and then they said I could come, and I went and auditioned. But I was what? also woefully underprepared because that wasn't like what I really wanted. Did you at go to that the time. actual auditions, or did they like have a I, special? One? No, I did. I flew to New York and mm. attended one of the auditions, right. and which is I, a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing, and I remember this is. Uh, neither here nor there, but like I, it was time to do the solo and, um, my music was still on a cassette tape Mm -hmm. and I remember not having like a new cassette tape. I just had like a cassette tape with some like vocal warm up stuff on it and recorded my music on one side of that. (laughs) And so I handed my tape to... The person who was running the audition, who was a student, who happened to be someone I knew from NCSA Uh who attended Juilliard. And I was like, please play, like, the B-side or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it was time for me to, like, you know, I take my opening pose. And, like, (laughs) then I hear, like, the piano, like, warm up, like, da-da-da-da. And I was, like, you know, took a big sigh giggled and then asked them to please turn, like, the, turn tape. the tape amazing but it, i think there was something in the giggle but they were they like she's it. in no that yeah. was like for me and for them we were all like she's not ready for this 
Yeah. Wait, keep going. Keep going. But anyway, I did my solo, and then I think many months later, I was... Um, all those letters were coming in, and the Juilliard uh, letter I received said that I was put on the wait list. Okay. And I remember speaking to Stephen Peer and people there at the time, and, and who I saw last night, and, and that was amazing, seeing him uh, at PINA. Um, mm. But we spoke, uh, he wanted to get to know me, and he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to be a choreographer and like work in theater, and I you know, did a real mix. Uh-huh. And, and I went to costume design. I made me stage right. manager. And that's like not what that's not what they want to hear. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that you want this curriculum. I want to be in the Parsons Dance. Well, company. and that you want to be there and doing that work with them. Um, so, but I remember what I got out of that day that stays with me. I saw the dancers who were already students like demonstrating mm-hmm. at the audition. And they had something that I didn't have mm-hmm. that I saw and I wanted. And um, I think it was like a ballet base. Right. Do you remember who, which students those were? No. Just good ones. Just okay. good ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe maybe I'm on to something if I'm listening to other people right. and coming here and like seeing, yeah, seeing that they have something that I, I want to and could, 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 I think I can do that so um, I was put on the wait list and then the same day I got that wait list letter um, we found out that Benjamin Hart Harvey passed, passed away. away so he had seen my audition and I remember saying to myself I need to make sure they know who I am for next time mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back I'm gonna audition again but without Benjamin Hart Harvey like this will be a new director right. and I'll need to prove myself. I won't necessarily be like a It'll waitlisted a person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So You did not get off the waitlist. You waited a mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So co- uh, high school ended and I had no college plans. And I went, my parents had moved to Florida and I moved there. I remember like driving in my dad's pickup truck to Florida where just being like, okay, like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna get worked out, but not right now. Northern Florida? Um, like the Tampa Bay area. And were you taking classes? Well, I, my mom was like, why don't you go to community college? So I started community college and then someone there saw me and they were like, uh, you should go to the University of South Florida and, and continue dancing. Mm, so, USA. and then you really like, and that was really great for your subsequent. Oh yeah. Audition. I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like do push ups and go back to sleep. Oh my God. <laughs> And did you... And, like, made, you know, made new choreography. Did you also audition for other dance colleges or just the one? No. You did one application that year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it all worked out. I guess so, yeah. My God. You must have been so scared for that audition. No, I was prepared. Okay, you were prepared. I mean, that was the lesson. The first time I was, like, oh, I, I giggled during my, like, B-side music uh, mess up, and I was like, oh, I'm not prepared. And now Larry Rhodes was director. Yeah, so I wrote him a letter and would send Sarah Adrian's 
uh, some, you know, correspondence so that they would remember you know who I was. And That's I great. think my letter said like I had auditioned last year and I now I know I really want this. Uh-huh. And um, and I remember printing it out on some paper from my brother's room that I found and it, it was like a textured paper. Uh-huh. And then at my my second audition there's, you know, that big table full of, like, 14 mm-hmm. faculty members and a camera um, as well. And everyone's files are being, like, passed around. And I saw, like, during my solo, Larry Rhodes sitting there reading my letter. Textured letter. Touching the paper. Touching it <laughs> with his Stroking hands. the being like, it's so paper. nice that she wrote me this on parchment. <laughs> well, I feel like that, if any young dancers get anything from that, Uh, it just shows that like yeah well you have to like show up and tell people you Mm -hmm. want what What they what they're offering because it's it's always helpful to have a little context so you can like feel connected to the person you're judging yeah well that's great so did you like your time at Juilliard uh it was amazing it was hard, but amazing. Did you, when you were done with Juilliard, did you have any, like, aspirations of, like, I'm going to be in a dance company, or you were just like, I'm going to be a choreographer-director? I've never figured it out. Um, yeah. Because when I aim like that, uh, it doesn't really happen. What got you into Juilliard? That was more about <laughs> preparedness, and I could have been prepared to, like, join a company, um, but mm-hmm. I... I didn't have that dream right. strong enough. There wasn't like a company that you were like, God, I'd love to dance for them. Um, I think it would have been Bacheva. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want it. Yeah. Were you into Bula Rasa with Bobby that year? Yes. That was great. Do you remember her so telling great. you like I had a conversation with Ohad and. I'm gonna go. I do. I think she and I attended the Lincoln Center performance right before I started school mm-hmm. uh, of Bacheva together, and she like turned to me and she was like, "I'm gonna do that," and I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna do that." That's nice. So we all we knew, you know. We knew. But when you're like now finishing Juilliard and you're receiving this big choreographic grant to like make work, mm-hmm. are you like, "This is my trajectory"? No, I knew that it would be. Um, um, temporary because it's money and it runs out right. and I don't have a, you know um, so you didn't see it as like uh, a way to generate more money you just saw it as like I did, a project I did see that because that's what I try to do um, with everything like stretch it to the max but mm-hmm. but um, Larry and some advisors were like no this money is like taxed and you should just pay off your student loans and like live well for a couple of years oh. because that is bizarre advice. Wow. Well, I don't think that's bizarre. I think that actually was really pra- practical. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm very grateful for that advice. So you did that. Because You're I was like, like I'm going to just do projects with this money. And then um, I don't, I, I, I think, I think it makes sense that um, I did both mm-hmm. projects and paid off those loans. And Yeah. And it was around then that I met you, or that I saw... I took, like, a business course online. Wow. Yeah, that was an investment in the future. You were paying to live in that house with that dance studio in the back? Yeah, so we could great. rehearse, and that was great. 
It was like a... But a temporary, you know? Like, I, I never was like, this is it. I was like, this is mm-hmm. good for a year or two. It was like communal living for Juilliard graduates in transition was at home. I guess so, yeah. Anyone who was like, we're freelancing in New York City mm-hmm. was welcome. That's so nice. Yeah. And then... I think that might be why I got the fellowship, too. Because I was really wanting people who wanted to stay in New York to, mm-hmm. like, have opportunities to do their work. Yeah. So they they knew that I would... You had, like, a vested Facilitate, yeah. In, like, they knew the I, arts community Yeah, but they knew I would, like, facilitate things that would bring um, more than just one right. chosen student um, some work opportunities. Had you seen any of Jack's work before you got involved in it? Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, <laughs> I saw your piece, A Movie Star Needs a Movie, maybe just after Logan introduced us uh, to one another, mm-hmm. or, you know, mentioned. Um, I went to see that show, and I'm sitting there, and it was great because the the seats were on stage. Yeah. And... I was just like, oh yeah, this has the energy, this is like super dark and funny, and I'm gonna write this person. And I wrote you a fan letter. An email? Or a An letter? email. Uh-huh. Not like a beautiful parchment. Uh, not like <laughs> With a quill pen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking for it at the airport the other day, and I cannot find it. I would have to go back. I looked in like 2008 2009 emails but anyway I I, yeah so I think it was like when I saw Jack's work that I finally had the desire to like aim for working with someone but it was also like hey like I really love what I saw and I'm a fan and if you ever what did I maybe I said like if you ever want to put me in your work it you was, ever have it, a role for me? Yeah, it was that you <laughs> had really, it was like that. that you had really loved the work and that you would love to work in it. And I was like, yeah, I think that. Then we had a coffee. a coffee with her at Joe's Coffee, and I was like, I'm working on this piece called Rumble Ghost. It's based on Poltergeist and group therapy. There's no money. There's eleven. I think I like pushed and pushed to like an eleven thousand mm. dollar budget, and I was like, and it's gonna be like a cast of seven and I was like so it's you know gonna be tight and you were like I just want to do it and we're I just want to do this thing and you know I'm in this place with dance you told me what would happen with the Annenberg Fellowship you told me what it like how you had received all of this and then and now you were like working at like Jojo's what was that place called? Well, yeah, I had a part-time job at a restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, like, it had gone from, like, I can just do this one thing, and now I'm, like, I have a job again. And you were, mm-hmm. like, and if it's all going to... I remember you saying this. You are like, if it's all going to end, I'm just going to go out kamikaze style. So let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I was, like... And that's how I am cool. when I really want to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, all in. So that's, I think, when you asked me before about, like, the ambivalence of joining a company. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't do that, but I know I didn't want it enough. Right. 
like I feel like I'm a part of a generation of dancers who when I was in my formal training by the time I got out of my formal training like the landscape was so different there weren't companies everything was like a project based thing so it's like align yourself with people that you think are amazing and do it when you can. In that the generation felt right of to me. people just before you, mm-hmm. Juilliard, I remember going to like their senior dance things, and it was like every single person in the program was going to a company, right. like, and mostly right. in yeah. New York. Yeah. And then suddenly that shifted. People yeah. started to have to go to Europe or just yeah. kind of figure it out yeah. here. Yeah. So you were in like project kind of the beginning company. of that. Yeah. 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 And, and that's how your part of our festival but your story really diverges from Bree and Bobby's at this point because they joined companies yeah. right they like had their sights set on something really specific mm-hmm. and you were like I don't know yeah and it was frustrating because I like to be so clear in my choices don't we all but if I'm not I'm I'm not gonna make one just to just to do something give it a try not yeah. with I don't want to mess with dance like that it's so personal right that I try to keep it like a love you know it's like a first love and yeah. I'd still like maintain that love so I I have to I don't know take take be kind to myself in it mm-hmm. um well over the next yeah. few years during Rumble Ghost and then subsequently you stayed involved with Jack and you were in three of his productions yeah but how else did you fill your days? I met John, and we were together for five years before we got married. Mm-hmm. So I think throughout the entire trajectory of things we, you and I did together, I was also like in love in this way that was more committed than before. And um, John's from New York, so together we took the plunge to move to, away. to leave yeah wow which is really that's the most impressive part of your story to me. <laughs> you stay moved to an island off of portland maine it's incredible yeah um well and you also and yeah. but during it too i remember you being like where because i was t- at this point st- still teaching pilates and you're like where'd you get certified and it's like kelly kane like that was such a great experience you, you went to kane school she did yeah. during did that time yeah as a dance teacher, I really love to teach improvisation, um, but also a, like a, like a ballet bar from like Corvino, from the Corvino mm-hmm. approach. So um, that's like my base. And at Juilliard, I because I went to Juilliard without a lot of ballet training, mm-hmm. I was in like level one ballet with Andra. The whole time. Mm -hmm. The whole time? Just about. I mean, I think I spent some time in level two, um, but then had like an ankle injury and went back to level one. So The way they can give you a base is really amazing, the Corvinos. That really happened for me. And so because I love to work with non-dancers who want that information, like actors or musicians, Mm -hmm. and now I'm working in Maine with this circus arts project, um... These, you know, there are people who want this information, but they need a good base. Like, they've been given a lot of misinformation, like pointing your feet, like point them as hard as you can. And Mm -hmm. it creates some, you know, habits uh, that, yeah, a a good dance teacher can help uh, sort 
out. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, that's one part of teaching. But that base that I, I got there, um, like, remains with me. You, and Adam Barrick also. Do you feel <laughs> really disconnected, like, in a happy way or an anxious way from what's happening here in New York City? No, I think it's great that I'm not here and that there's great stuff happening here. I mean, it's so close. We didn't move to Vancouver or Alaska. No. We like lit. We, it's it's a fifty minute plane ride. Mm -hmm. When I was still in, when John moved to Maine, and I think we had wrapped up projects. I we were wrapping up. Well, then we got. We were teaching Spider-Man actors. Oh God, I yeah. we were um, teaching Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I was teaching. And you were teaching Emma, Emma Stone, and I How would to die. Yes. Well, really, she wanted to work on her cabaret audition. She was prepping for cabaret. So that's mm. really what we did. <laughs> okay. Um, but you were being paid by Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, I mean, I would get a text like, let's meet on Thursday. And then I would just fly, fly in Did that she morning. do cabaret? Yeah. She I did eventually. Yeah. She had to audition? Yeah. Oh, no, well, out. well, it was, yeah, I guess so. All right. It was like, is this going to work out? You're, you've been here for Juilliard reunion weekend and your birthday. You mm -hmm. got to see Pina last night. Yeah. How was did it? Did you guys recap? We recapped enough. I mean, I just said that I wished that it was for an audience of 300 and not stadium seating. Mm -hmm. And that they'd cut the side jetés out of Rite of Spring. Um, oh, I had such a good time. Good. Me too. I had to pinch myself because I've seen that work so much on video yeah. that I had to remind myself. It really like, was like seeing a movie star in real life or something. Yeah. That was yeah. interesting. Um, Did you cry? Well, seeing... Doug like mm. burst out in movement. Um, mm. I didn't know I would react this way, but I had a real like <gasps> and oh. tears just I think I said, Oh my god and um, I was really moved and Me like too. yeah, it was incredible. You've been like such an important contributor to the universe of Jack's work. Absolutely. And I'm Thank sad you. that I've only gotten to be in one of the pieces with you, though I've gotten to dress you in all of them. Yeah. Well, your laughter and your work along the way has, like, really encouraged me to, like, to do it, to be able to do it. I'm like, oh, if he's into it, it's working. We didn't even scratch the surface with you. Good. Yeah. It's, she's deep, 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 a deep, deep dive. And she's going to be coming back in the fall because I want mysterious. her to come. She's a sphinx. But I can't wait for you to come back and we'll talk about something else or we'll all be making a piece together. I pray to God I get to perform with you again. I guess I have to figure out how to get Reed into the piece I'm making after oh. this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I should, we'll all be like 50 and I'll be like, again, in the background, like <laughs> rubbing a wall or. I hope so. I know who Reed should so. play. It's yeah, I know who it is. Okay, uh, it's good. We're, yeah, we're we're reading the same books now. Yeah, the preparation read is starting. I won't read them. I'll just show up. You don't yeah. need to. That's right, Reed. That's Honey, I just need part. you to show up. Michelle, we love you so much. Um, do you have anything to say to your fans? Thank you very much. <laughs> That's good. Um, all right. Well, write us on um, write us on our website. Write us through Instagram. Write us however you want. 
And um, we want to thank, uh, you know, today we've been sponsored by um, James Valoria, who we just did a photo shoot with. Have we been sponsored by anyone else? Was there someone, we had someone from, gave us a tip on how to make oh. her sound better? She's a fan of the podcast, and then she gave us all this technical advice on how to fix our levels. So, right, I didn't read you guys, that it's not something it. we're unaware of. I mean, just keep your finger on the volume button. <laughs> I die on that note. But we're going to try to fix it. We're going to try to we're fix just not, it. You know, we're simple people and we rely on Jeremy for everything and he doesn't have all the hours of the day to devote to this podcast. No. And Jack and I have no hours to devote to this podcast because we really we're not utterly now. helpless. Well, and also It'll now that it's the better. fall, mm-hmm. I'm just like, everything's too much again. Like, wow, the the empty it's days like are gone. It's like a show a day. It and is, I moved. I know. I am seeing basically, I basically have seen like a show a day while like trying to, I thought of all the emails I didn't return last night while I fell asleep and I just. This is like at the end of Sham when he's just talking into the microphone, walking up out of the theater, of the complaining. theater. complaining. Complaining we should just about put how the hard it is. Yeah, you can start complaining That's exactly right how this podcast should end. It's just <laughs> it the volume like, like slowly down. Oh, I'm going to do these emails. So I get all these emails <laughs> that I can't return about openings that I'm already booked for. I need some body work. Oh my God. I-